tulip over the past weeks. Tulip, that acronym, each of the letters in tulip stand for something. Uh, Christian doctrine. Would anyone dare to tell me what the T stands for in tulip? Just a little recap here. Tulip. What's the T in tulip? We're, we're, we're on the I today, so we're, near, we're almost there with it, but um, I think they all come together. Uh, all five letters. T. Total depravity. Uh, the teaching is that we're not utterly depraved. I gave the example of Hitler. He was a bad man, wasn't he? He did a lot of bad things. But he could have done even worse. And for those of you who are old enough to remember, there was Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. Pol Pot, he killed millions, literally millions of his own people. Terrible man. But he could have done worse. He could have killed even more. And others, Idi Amin Dada in Uganda, another bad one. And But we mustn't limit it to these these dictators of the past or indeed of the present because the teaching is that we're all totally depraved. Not utterly depraved, but totally depraved. And I like what Robert Murray McShane, a preacher of old, said. He said, the seed of every known sin is in my heart. He was a godly man. He was a preacher called by God. And yet still he acknowledged that the seed of every known sin was in his heart. And I'm sure he meant that, literally. And we can think about some really horrible things. We can all do that. And I would suggest we, whether we want to or not, there are times when we do think about the most terrible things and we don't like it and we don't like ourselves for doing it. But we can think about these things. And that should tell you at any rate that the seed of every known sin is in your heart. So that's the total depravity. And if you get that, then everything else, all the other letters in Tulip, they just flow from that, really. You know, the total depravity ought to tell you that you would never, of your own volition, make a decision for Christ. I'm not saying you didn't decide, make a decision for Christ one day, whenever it was. But that day when you received Jesus and believed on his name, however it happened for you, it was because of God's intervention. Because you came into this world totally depraved. And as the Bible tells us, the light is coming to the world, that's Jesus, but the darkness has loved the darkness, uh, but men rather, men have loved the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. Again, that's each one of us. So Jesus came into the world to save sinners. The thing is, we're so totally depraved that we would never, ever, of our own accord, receive Jesus and believe on his name. That takes us on to the next one. You've got tea in tulip, 
then you've got the you. And what is the you in tulip? Come on, anyone. Unconditional election. You are right, uh, Tony, but it's unconditional election. And what that simply means is that God chose people because we would never choose God left to our own um, devices. And we're told very clearly, some people may object to this most strongly. I, I, I thank God for this doctrine. We're told very clearly in the Bible that God chose people before the foundation of the world. He chose people for salvation. You know, you don't have to believe me, you just believe the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, I think it is, or verse 4, somewhere around there. And it speaks of God choosing people before the foundation of the world. Okay? And that's just one place, Ephesians chapter 1. But there are other verses in the Bible that say much the same thing that God chose a people and he gave that people to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God for that because if God didn't choose a people, then no one would be saved, not one. We need to realise that. Again, it takes us back to the total depravity. If God didn't choose you, dear Christian, you'd be on your way to hell putting it simply but it's because God chose you he set his love upon you an everlasting love and gave you to his son Jesus that you have a hope that reaches up to heaven so that's you the unconditional um, election unconditional election next one L anyone Limited atonement. Limited atonement. Atonement means reconciliation. Jesus, by his death on the cross, he made peace for all whom God gave to him. He made peace for those people with God. He reconciled them to God. That's what Jesus did at the cross. But it wasn't for everybody. It's for the people that God gave to him. Okay, you need to understand these things. And it's a wonderful truth again, that when God, the the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he shed his blood at the cross, when, when he came into the world to save sinners, he came to save his own. And one of the verses that we look at at Christmas, uh, Christmas time, in, um, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel of the Lord speaking to Joseph and saying, you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus means Jehovah saves. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He shall save his people. I'm emphasising the his. He shall not save everybody from their sins, but his people. That is the people whom God has given him. The, the totally depraved people that God has given to his son, Jesus came into the world to save them from their sins. So that's the T, that's you, the L. We find that we get to the irresistible grace today. Irresistible grace. 
that's telling us that when the time came when you became a Christian, again, it didn't just happen. You didn't just think, well, you know what, I quite, I, I, I tend to think there's, there's something in this Christianity thing. I, I think I'll, um, I'll, I'll trust in Jesus. It seems good to me. You did certainly see that it was a good thing, but that is because God, who chose you and who gave you to his son, drew you with loving kindness to Jesus. God draws people. John chapter 6, verse 44. No man can come to me except my father who sent me. Draw him. We are drawn to Jesus with cords of loving kindness, having been chosen by God. And having been drawn to Jesus, we are kept by Jesus. The grace that saved you, dear Christian, is the grace that keeps you. And that same grace will take you home to heavenly glory. That's what the hymn writer um, Newton said, John Newton, in his hymn Amazing Grace. It's all of God. I, I think you've, that's coming out clear, isn't it? That every aspect of your salvation is of God. Nothing of you. You receive no credit whatsoever. God receives all the glory. As we're told in um, the New Testament, it is by grace that you are saved. By grace. Unmerited, undeserved favour. And the irresistible grace is what drew you to the Lord Jesus Christ in the first place. You can think of um, Zacchaeus. You know Zacchaeus, that little man in the New Testament. He heard that Jesus was coming to town. There was a big crowd, of course, to see Jesus. People, for the most part, they just wanted to see what miracle Jesus would do. They were there for the for showtime, if you like. And Zacchaeus was no exception. Uh, well, he he came to he, he came to join the crowd because he'd heard Jesus was coming to town, but because he was a little man, he had this idea of climbing up a tree, so that he'd get a bird's eye view of Jesus. Otherwise, he wouldn't have seen Jesus. He was too small. So we've no reason to think that Zacchaeus had anything other than wanting to have a good view of the show when Jesus came along. Perhaps Jesus would perform a miracle of some sort, maybe cast out some demons, who knows. And Zacchaeus was up there on a tree, ready for to see Jesus when he came. But what happened when Jesus did come along? He looked straight up at Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down. He called Zacchaeus down and Zacchaeus came down from that tree. That's something that I'm sure that little man wasn't expecting. When he got up that day, there's, I cannot imagine that he knew how the day would pan out like that, how the day would unfold. But as it was, having got up the tree to watch the show, he ended up having an assurance from Jesus that his sins were forgiven. Again, that little man Zacchaeus, he was drawn 
with loving kindness to Jesus. He didn't orchestrate any of that. God did. And it came to a conclusion when he received Jesus as his saviour from sins. That's the, that's the story for Zacchaeus. And if you're a Christian in here, you'll have your own story. And you may not be able to, to, um, remember or you may not know when exactly you came down from the tree and received Jesus. The moment in time, the day, the year. But the important thing is, and what I like to emphasize is, it happened for you in as much you are now someone who is following Jesus and you have that assurance of forgiveness for your sins. You follow Jesus day by day. You have a hope that reaches up to heaven. Your great desire is to be with Jesus and yes, you love him more than anyone else. You are someone, if you tick those boxes, You are someone who most likely has been drawn to Jesus with loving kindness. And I, for one, wouldn't want to argue otherwise. You have a a wonderful hope in Jesus, having been chosen by God, despite being totally depraved, having been given to Jesus, having been drawn to Jesus with loving kindness, and having been saved from your sins. So that's irresistible grace, the grace that saved you. It's wonderful. I hope you can see how wonderful these doctrines are. Because the other way of looking at it is to realise that if God did not do all these things, you would have no hope whatsoever. Neither would I. And we thank God for reaching out with loving kindness, not to everyone, but to those whom he has loved with an everlasting love. Amen.